after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, my friends, the good ones and the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Eye contact, elbow pump, very nice, Andrew, very nice. My name is Andrew Walsh, in fact, and I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today on the show, keep your adnemies Close. Oof, that's bad. Yeah, that's not the that's title. That's bad. That's not the tat. Uh, I was trying. But we are going to be talking about enemies. Enemies. Uh, I had this idea. I think I talked about it actually on the show recently, whether maybe last week, about the the premise or the the technique of having creating like a straw man enemy, um, or even just or the voice of a rival uh, competitor, and having them basically tell your product story. I think one of the things, and maybe we'll get to one, but I think one good example that's on the top of our mind recently is the Jimmy's John's commercials, yes, you right? Have, through you have the like eyes a, of the enemy, of the competitor, the made-up competitor. The made-up competitor. And the competitor, of course, by definition, has to be sleazy or ridiculous or overpriced or something, but they, you know, through their own obliviousness, um, they make the case for the product. I feel like I've been seeing these commercials my entire life. Like I can, I feel like I can picture like 1980s era fast food commercials. But I brainstormed like crazy today and came up with nothing. So I'm glad you did this part of the show. You know, I remember one. I actually wish I'd looked for this one. It's a little bit different, but it's sort of thematically similar. Do you remember an ad for? I guess it might have been like probably Burger King because Burger King's whole thing was flame grilled burgers. Mm-hmm. And a family is going through the Burger King drive-through, and they're ordering, you know, food or whatever, ordering meals. And one of the kids says they want a fried burger, please. Do you remember this one? Uh-uh. And the dad is like, the dad is so embarrassed, and he says to the like the order, the like box that he's mm-hmm. ordering from, like, oh, that's the neighbor's kid. Like, uh. in other words, like we, you know, we come here for the flame grilled burgers, but you know. This these this Philistine neighbor's yeah. kid uh, wants, wants a, a fried, fried burger. burger. Yeah, no, I don't. That doesn't ring a bell at all to me. But I think most of the ones that you picked out uh, today are relatively recent, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. recent. Off, yeah. Most of them, I think, are running now. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got that plus a really great ad council section today. I was going through some emails and voicemails and some Facebook posts and. Um, don't forget, Veeves, we got to talk about that poll that you put up last week. We do. Based, We'll do that in the Ad Council as well because there is a uh, commercial running. Now, the latest in the series of progressive commercials, Are You Becoming Your Parents? And um, one of the jokes in it is, are you pointing out landmarks from an airplane? Is that a sign that you're becoming your parents? <laughs> if you do that, I said... Uh, vehemently no that's that's just something everybody does you said that is definitely a sign of becoming your parents so we um, we took it to the ad council we have some results uh, and some interesting comments on the topic plus we say goodbye to an advertising legend whom i just learned about oh that often happens to me i don't find out in one day you discover a legend yes and you lose the legend exactly so. a 
Ad Counselor sent in an obit that I'm excited to share with you as well. Not excited because it's an obit. That was a weird choice of words on my <laughs> part. But there are some definitely some interesting angles to it. But uh, all right, let's begin with this um, segment that you insist upon calling Keep Your Admimies Close. God, that's hard to listen to. What do you think? Do you want to start with the Jimmy John's one? Yeah, this is one that I don't think we've talked about. Um, we've certainly talked about this campaign a lot. It has Brad Garrett as the kind of, as Tony Bolonovich, yes. um, mafioso sandwich king. Jimmy's John's. And he's furious at Jimmy's John's because they do what he apparently is not able to do, which is serve um, fresh, good tasting sandwiches. And at an affordable price. At an affordable price. As well. Now, this commercial is the one that's called Stakeout, and I can't remember. So, this campaign made its debut during the last Super Bowl, um, and it was like a full two minute commercial yeah. that they then chopped and diced and sliced into a whole bunch of commercials. Uh, like that a they... veritable Jimmy John sandwich. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were like s- sandwich thin <laughs> slices of bologna. Um, <laughs> so I can't remember if this particular one, this stakeout one, comes I from I feel like that. maybe a scene from this one. Like, in yeah. other words, this is sort of an extension. This is the extended mm. version of a of a quick cut. If you recall the, sure. the Super Bowl version, it was so... Um, it was so much like Goodfellas, so there's a lot of quick cuts. Yeah. Um, this is a very specific story where they're trying to figure out how they get the bread so fresh. Okay, so you see Tony Bolonovich, and he's in the passenger side of a car. Yeah, right? he's being driven around by his one of his muscle, and, one of his cap, capos. And they're staking out a Jimmy's John's, right, with, uh, with binoculars? Yeah, I think they're trying to figure out where the bread comes from. Tony Bolonovich here with another reason not to eat the Jimmy's John's. These tryhards fresh bake their bread all day. Sandwich bread don't come fresh. It comes from a truck from out of state. Baked <laughs> once a week at exactly none your business. So Jimmy's John's, <laughs> enough with the fresh baked nonsense. He finds Stevie, his... in front of my bread-like product. <laughs> Tony... Jimmy John. So in the back of one of his bread-like product trucks, he catches one of his employees. It's the same guy who threatens the the wrap eater guy that we talked about last week. Oh, really? Yeah, this is one of his... That's the muscle? That's the muscle. He's this sort of like, you know, goofy looking guy with a big mustache. He's sitting in the back of the truck like it's like he's with a bunch of stolen goods or something, but he's eating a Jimmy John sandwich. In front of my bread-like product. Tony, get that to me! I love his uh, performance so much. Brad Garrett is so great. And his like the the vibe he gives of like, you know, he he always goes from like kind of deadpan mm-hmm. ang- like cold and angry to crank it up to 11 and scream right, <laughs> right at the end. Right, right. Now, this next one is another campaign that we've touched on before. Uh, it's for Little Caesars. And again, I believe it's their current campaign. You see... I feel like the message in these commercials gets a little bit confusing. Really? Would you agree with me on that? In what sense? I don't know. I feel like I've watched them a bunch and it 
it kind of took me a while to understand the premise. But again, that's <laughs> me, though. Like, I'm that way with an episode of The Smurfs, too. Well, that's so. why we're doing this show, is to explain to you how this whole, <laughs> this whole sort thing. of theme or, or uh, concept works. I'm, I'm a kinetic learner. Right. This whole thing has been a secret lesson. Um, but essentially, you have a competing pizza company, right? It's but not they really a competing like, pizza company. Okay. It's like... It's, See, I told you I didn't get it. It's a joke. I mean, it is a competing pizza company, but it's a joke sort of like, you know big anything right has become mm-hmm. like a a go-to yeah a default for like when like the industry is like holds all the cards and okay. they like are running roughshod over the little guy so big pizza i love that little caesars is the little guy yeah well he's he's the little guy yeah they've got a little guy right <laughs> they there do have a little guy yeah they specifically have a little guy and i guess it can you know, I guess if you compare them to the other huge pizza, I know, chains, but it's hilarious. They they're a the, huge yeah, national chain. Right, of yeah. course, they're big pizza. Yeah, they're not like they're not like well, Tony Bolognavich's <laughs> pizza. <laughs> yeah, shop. but like yeah. you know, a little pizza place is like one that we would go to. It's Pudge Brothers, right? You right, know, yeah. like that's the little guy. Have you noticed that more and more of the restaurants I frequent um, are named after the shape of my body? You got Pudge Brothers. I mean, I think it's the other way around. Tubs. You're reversing cause and effect. Yeah, well, maybe. Your shape of your body is named after the places (laughs) that you eat. It's certainly, it's certainly cyclical in that way. (laughs) Yeah, you eat at tubs. I should start eating Little Caesars. Right, be a little guy. (laughs) Trim down a little bit. Um, (laughs) That's how it works. So in this one, we have these these frantic people who represent big pizza, and they are. Tell me if I'm right. They're they're being threatened by what Little Caesars. Yeah, it's very similar to the Jimmy John's. They are all fat cats. Instead of being like mafioso fat cats, they're more like, they're very like 1980s throwback or 1970s even throwback corporate boardroom fat cats. Okay. And in, and we've seen them in an actual boardroom They've before. been in a boardroom. That's, that's how they introduced this, it. And that one maybe makes a little bit more sense. And this one, if, if this was the first one you were to see, you might not quite get that because, again, yes. without the boardroom background. They, they go out of their way to show them in all kinds of luxurious but very 80s uh, – feeling luxury mm-hmm. sites like there's a private plane that big pizza is on like the owners of little caesar's corporate right. don't fly on private planes right. no, they spoiler alert they do have a little van they drive everywhere um boy it is funny how in this one they're in like an old-fashioned gold limousine yeah it looks like it's like is it an old caddy like looks a 1980s like a caddy, yeah. caddy um Pizza Hut also really leaning into the 80s nostalgia. I wonder if that's a total coincidence or not. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, little, I'm sorry, uh, Pizza Hut, little Pizza Hut, little as pizza I call Hut. it. Yeah, I, I call it that because I'm trying to trim down. <laughs> that's skinny, right. Skinny Pizza Hut, skinny as pizza I like to call Hut, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have the meat lovers, please, at Skinny Pizza Hut. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like at... Pizza Hut. I also like to go to Muscle Dominoes sometimes. <laughs> big, big Muscle Dominoes. Um, they Pizza Hut's leaning into the eighties as like you remember Pizza Hut from the eighties, yes, right? I think it's really smart, and it's interesting because I do actually sort of associate Little Caesars with a with a throwback kind of thing. I mean, that's when I became aware of it was back in back in the eighties, but. They don't really show you very much about what Little Caesars is. They just show you what their competitors are. But for some reason, they've situated it all this, all of the mm-hmm. like you know 
set dressings and trappings and stuff are very 80s. So it's an interesting thing. In fact, it's interesting that Big Pizza has this big 1980s era limousine here, but parked next to it is a modern Toyota or (laughs) something. Just kind of as a throwaway in the background. Anyway, let's take a listen to this. So we see one of the guys from Big Pizza is leaving a Little Caesars with a sample pizza, and I think he's going to hop in the back of this limo. Okay. Well, it's got lots of pepperoni, and the crust is brushed with a buttery garlic sauce and sprinkled with parmesan. I mean, we could do something sort of like that-ish. Wait, is that a cheese and pepperoni stuffed crust? Uh Uh-oh. Little Caesars! It's a pepperoni ambush! No, 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 no! No! Little Caesars! We're not big pizza, we're Little Caesars. At the end, the guy is so angry that he rips off his wig, stands up through the um, sunroof of the car, and throws the wig at Little Caesars. Yes. Yeah, and so, like the 80s was obsessed with men's toupees also. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It was a toupee, not a wig. Well, well I guess a toupee is a kind a of wig. A toupee is a kind of wig. All toupees are wigs. Not all wigs are toupees. That's if you correct. learn one thing from today's show, I would like it to be that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's to help for you kids on the SATs. That's right. Uh, shall we move on here? Okay, talk about confusing. I watched this one a few times because uh, it's what the drop of the top of the show comes from. Wish I had rearranged the words in that sentence, but I think you were able to follow well enough. Yeah, probably. Probably. You nobody was listening. Um, <laughs> this is for Carvana. Yes, this which one is I a saw new in way the wild. Of buying cars. It's right? a new way of buying cars. I think. I think it's just on the internet. I think. Yeah, you can only, not the commercial, but the the. Yes, you I mean, I buy think. Them that, on I think the you just buy yeah. them on the internet, like it's a, you know box of light bulbs or something (laughs) but i am confused i'm so confused by this commercial but i think it's because (laughs) i don't understand the things they're talking about because i'm not i we bought one new car once and let's face it you did you you did all of that yeah and also it was a very low pressure experience where they really um i think that they used some sort of reverse psychology on me yeah there was like so low pressure you felt insulted i felt insulted like (laughs) I went and I, without you, and I I did the test drive of our current car, and this guy who was there, who I thought was the sales guy, you know, he worked for Volkswagen, like, gave me the drive, and he told me a bunch of great stuff about it, and he was, like, a really good salesman, and then at the end, I was like, okay, well, I'm really interested. I'm going to come back with my partner, and he's like, okay, and I was like, can I get your card? He's like, ah, somebody will help you if you show back up. I'm like... (laughs) Do you work on? Co- I thought you dudes all worked on commission. And I we did come back, and he wasn't there. And I was like, I wanted to give him credit. I was like, you know, like Steve yeah. helped me, and he was really helpful. And like, you know, I just wanted, you know, that's why I'm here. And they're like, oh yeah, Steve. Okay, yeah, we know him. We know him. <laughs> what if they were like Steve? No, Steve has worked. No, Steve here has worked here for, accident. for thirty years. <laughs> anyway, so I think what. So no one was like, no. In right. other words, you're right. Like no one was like, oh, you got to get the undercoating, right? You know? And they're they're talking. So here's the deal with this commercial. I'll I'll try to set this up, and you tell me if and when I'm wrong. So we see the outside of a more classic car dealership, and it says car dealer meetup Thursday, seven twelve a.m. And it's, you know, the head of some sort of car dealer association talking to a whole group of salespeople talking about uh, the it begins with a joke about the the proper handshake when sealing a deal. Right. That's what this quick first throwaway joke is. Yes. There are two people leading this seminar or sales meeting and they're kind of going through uh, the 
the whys and wherefores and how to's of good car salesmanship from their perspective as traditional car salespeople. Right. And so that's why at the very beginning, you'll hear this. I'll play this again. Eye contact, elbow pump. Very nice, Andrew. Very nice. So that's just a quick joke at the beginning, like they're, they're wrapping up the handshake section and then they're going on to talk about all these fees that they add on as car dealerships, but there's this new company, Carvana, that eliminates those fees. Right. And I'm so unfamiliar with those fees, I don't understand what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> they make some comment to getting dizzy. I'm from... sure we paid all those fees, by the way. They yeah, just maybe. weren't like, you know, they actually were. Now that I think about it, remember we, we made the deal to make to buy the car and then they take us to a separate room like a like further into the bowels of you know the volkswagen dealership and we talked yeah. to a different person not the person who sold us the car yeah a different guy now is going over all the finance the stuff yeah. with us yeah. and i'm sure i mean at that point it's such a mind fuck first of all buying a new car like that because it's so you know it's so much money you're like Russ, like, did I did we do the right thing? But you're also a little bit energized and adrenalized about, like, you know, we're doing it. Like, we're buying the car. This is already the second office you've been in, not to mention the two test drives. Right. I went on one, too. And then you're so far along at this point, yes. they can almost say anything. They say anything. And you're not going to pull out you because be you feel like, so oh, invested already. You're so invested. You're spending, you know, tens, you know, multiple thousands of dollars yeah. on this huge life purchase. They're walking you through all of the thises and thats and, like, explaining and, like, you know, you have to do this way for that for you to get this discount and they're positioning everything as like this is the best way for you to do it and somewhere in there i'm sure was like this fee for this thing and that tax for that thing. yeah right and in this so they're mentioning all these add-on fees but then they make little comments about them something about a gas fee and then Somebody says the the smell of the fumes makes me woozy. I'm unclear. Maybe, maybe like saying, you, fee, you get a fee for them giving it to you gassed up. Maybe. And there's something called a docking fee, which I've heard before, but I don't really know what that is. I'm not sure that like to me, I re, I watch this and they don't. it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either. But I think that's the point is yeah. that those fees are are just lies. Okay. Or, or essentially just like a, a scam. There's some comment about a microfiber cloth that I don't, I don't quite get. Anyway. Is there a washing fee? Uh, yeah, maybe. Here, take a listen to this. Oh, also, by the way, you will recognize the voice. It's Rob Cordry is one of these people. And the other date is Brian Husky. Who's that? Um, He's a comedic actor. I think he's hmm. the guy who got friendered on Veep. Oh, really? I think so. Are you, friend are you rendering me? No, we're friendering you. Okay, here, take a listen. Eye contact, elbow pump. Very nice, Andrew. Very nice. Next, apparently Carvana doesn't have any bogus fees. Bogus? No, we work hard for those fees. No $100 fuel fee? Pumping gas makes me woozy. Yes. Thank you. No $600 dock fee? Ugh, the printing, the organizing. No $200 cleaning fees. Microfiber? That chaps my hands. You know, we should go over there right now and show them how fees are done. Never pay a dealer fee. Okay, you know... Having watched it now three times and <laughs> trying to explain it and talk it through with you all, um, now it all made sense to me. Yes. So I guess you're welcome. That would have made sense to nobody had I not spent 45 <laughs> minutes explaining it. I still don't know what a docking fee is and how it applies to paperwork. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure it makes. I'm not sure it matters for the for the premise of the commercial. But obviously, you have these people who you know do it the traditional way. It really screws the consumer. 
but Carvana doesn't do it mm-hmm. that way. So they're going to like go show Carvana how it's oh, done. Oh, it's a document. I thought it was a doc fee like we're we're holding the car for you until that you can drive it That sounded plausible. But a doc fee, also called a document or documentation fee, is a fee charged by car dealerships to process a vehicle's paperwork. Yeah. That's why he said Boo. all of the collating, et cetera, et cetera. Let's go to Carvana. Let's rebuy our car in Carvana. They've, <laughs> they've taught me so much. We could very well end up buying our next car whenever that happens. I never want to buy another car. We, you and I were just talking. We had the car that we bought was in 2017. We got a, a steal on it, even though it's the only new car we ever bought because um, Volkswagen has done some naughty things. Because they did some naughty things and they had to uh, put out some cars at pretty low price to make up for it. Right. And so now, and we hardly drive. Yes. We went on our first like long road trip to the Grand Canyon and back this January. And we basically doubled our mileage on the car that we'd had. For Not like quite three doubled years. it, but we've we've had it for uh, almost four years, and we have uh, under twenty thousand miles on yeah, it. Yeah, so so at that rate, we could, own it for, we could own it for sixteen years and not put a hundred thousand miles right. on it. Right, and it's a Volkswagen. Those things are supposed to you know last forever anyway if you take care of them, right? I think so. Isn't that the That's, reputation? That so was what I was what told when just, I bought it. What if we just try not to have a? Uh, what if we try to never buy another car as long as we live? Well, I think I would like to live more than sixteen more years. Well, you said 16. That's just to 100,000. We can get up to 200. All right. So I guess I don't want to live more than... 32? 32 more years. What are you at now? Yeah, you're in your 70s. By that, we shouldn't be driving. We shouldn't be driving at, at that, that point. age. My eyes are I already know. shot. All right, good. We did some good work here. Should we yeah. wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap That's, it up. You can sell <laughs> anything. Is that how that song goes? All right. Um, next up on the docket, uh, Progressive. Now, I vaguely remember these. These are Flo's enemies. These are right? Flo's enemies or adnemies, as I often like <laughs> to call it. As you insist them. upon calling it. It. Um, this was a, I think, a sort of ill-conceived progressive uh, campaign. You haven't seen these guys in a long time, but for a while, progressive was doing a thing where they had these two dudes. I think they were named like Tom and Bob or something very generic guy name like that, and they were dressed in gray suits for the most part. Um, and they would be, they were always either trying to compete with 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 flow and with progressive and and try to sell their whatever their insurance you know their generic insurance or they were trying to steal advantages from from progressive like get there there's a lot around them trying to steal the name your own price tool i was about to ask that i was because I, I haven't seen these in a long time and were they trying to steal her name yeah there's like a tool? there's yeah. like a i didn't grab this one i don't think but there's like a mission impossible one where they're you know lumbering through a hole in the ceiling to try to like lower themselves down and steal the price name your own price gun and and so it's sort of like this ongoing thing and then they just kind of faded into the background and became characters in the progressive universe i think one of them ends up on a date with flo's sister you know her i remember that deeply unpleasant sister i'd forgotten about that connection that that was so they're just characters but for a while they were like the competitors but the but the bumbling incompetent competitors who illustrate how much better progressive is gotcha okay so what happens in this one so this is actually sort of i think arguably a sequel to the one i mentioned about the mission impossible story where they go in and they try to steal the name your own price tool and in that one it looks like they've been caught and they're not going to get it but somehow they must have managed to steal the tool because they roll up in this huge 
I mean, looking like Elvis and the Colonel. I mean, like this huge, like, uh, you know, uh, ragtop, you know, convertible mm-hmm. sort of like great big boat of a of a Cadillac. Uh-huh. Their second big fancy Cadillac. I know, today. second big old school Cadillac. This is like a trip, a tricked out version of an '80s Cadillac. I would say, or maybe '90s. Yeah, and so there's a they have a driver in the front. They're sitting in the back in respectively the weirdest costumes one of them has like a giant fur coat on with a cowboy hat the other guy's dressed sort of like he's a sea captain Mm -hmm. uh, and he has on his arm a falcon so they have gone on a spending spree okay because you're thinking because they've stolen the um the The, name name your own price price and so they can name their own price on these things that they're wearing so they roll up to Flo, who's just walking down the sidewalk carrying her groceries uh in a See, brown paper bag. She's a walker. She's a walker. She, goes, she walks to the grocery store like us. Well, well, if it isn't the bell of the ball. Gentlemen, you look well. What's new, Flo? Well, a name your price tool went missing last week. Name your what now? It gives you coverage options based on your budget. I just hope whoever stole it knows that it only works at Progressive.com. So you can't use it to just buy stuff? No. I'm sorry, Gustav. We have to go back to the pet store. Oh, the falcon flies away. He's going to meet us there. <laughs> the Name Your Price tool, still only at Progressive.com. I like it. I, I like don't know it if I've too. ever seen that one before. Yeah, I remember it. The, those two guys, I thought, were pretty good comedic foils um, for Flo. But it, as a storytelling device or yeah. like a value prop device, I don't think that it is that effective. It's pretty complicated. Yeah. You have to really follow the whole saga. And the funny thing about Progressive is like, or no, I really guess I'm thinking of Geico that does like the comp. They do a lot of complicated setups, but it's all just so they can have their like their tagline. Right. Exactly. Po- like yeah. the setup itself is almost irrelevant. I kind of hate those. It seems so lazy. All of the ones one. that are just like they just blank is as blank. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. What is the one that's there's a well, there's a new one now crazy. that we were like it's like barely a phrase. Yeah. It's like it's what you do. But that's the old one. There's one now that's like, you know what else is true? It's like I mean, yeah. it's like it's right. that lazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway, uh, okay. you know what I heard? <laughs> Let's like, move on. Okay, <laughs> okay, Geico. There's a long tradition on this show of us eschewing beer and embracing the um, seltzer and beer alternative. Yes, a, a famous, famously we eschew beer on this show. Exactly, as um, of three weeks ago after I had my first white claw. <laughs> this is, to be clear, not a commercial for a seltzer. Yes. But Jim Beam is doing a thing, which I always appreciate this, especially when like alcohol brands do it, when they're like, hey, you know what we need people to start doing when they go into bars? Ordering a Di Sirono on the rocks mm-hmm. or Di Sirono with a twist. I remember that was Di Sirono's. You were obsessed with those. They were very sexy They were so sexy right? and you and, wanted to and try they, them. And it made Di Sirono look really tasty and, you know, exciting and glamorous. Um, and so I think it's very smart when a, when a liquor brand or really any food thing says like, hey, here's a way you can use this. Mm-hmm. Here's a use case for you. And like we all have had that experience, I feel like, of going into a bar and just thinking like you know i'd like something a little bit different than what i always get but i don't know what to order and i don't want to order like something crazy different like i don't want an old-fashioned or Mm -hmm. something you know but like just what can i order that would be like a little bit refreshing or a little bit of a of a change up so i think that jim beam is smart to do this so they are doing a whole campaign um about ordering a beam and ginger highball can i i 
I may be misunderstanding you, but I also think I think you might be mistaken. This is a pre-made canned product, which is a ginger ale and oh, Jim Beam highball that you can buy in a can, like a not not totally unlike you know the the White Claws. You or are right. I. I did misunderstand this campaign. I could swear there's another one where he goes into a bar, where the protagonist mm-hmm. goes into a bar and orders a beam and ginger highball. And I thought that she makes it for him there. Right. But, but I probably yeah. am wrong. Okay. Yeah. So ignore everything I just said. <laughs> this is just a different product that Jim right. Beam sells now. But well, you're, I do know the type of commercial yeah. you're talking about as well, where people are saying, listen, we we did all, I think yeah, we did. you're DeSanero. Am I saying that right? DeSarono. DeSarono. That's what I said. <laughs> Decenero. <laughs> That's um, why it's you've gotten some weird looks when we've gone into the bar and you've said, "Hey, can I have a decenero with a twist?" Yeah, right. Um, which scenario? Decenero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we did a whole show based on that. This idea of like we have a product, but we're going to kind of educate you a little bit on what yeah, you might be able to do with right. that. But in this case, it is just like we see these two fellas, and they are at a cookout of some sort, right? Like yes. a backyard barbecue, and there's all different beer options. And of course, I, I we've seen a lot of these beer alternative um, companies take this approach, which is really try to take beer down a peg yeah. because beer has been got, riding too high for too long beer was very much just an every man kind of thing you chug back a six pack while you're watching the game like on a Roseanne six-pack? sure I remember on Roseanne that was um, they would always complain that what was her husband's name Dan Dan would always have a six he would drink a whole six pack while working on the car in the garage and the car never got fixed how much roseanne did you watch i just remember that one throwaway oh, line it, that because always it normalizes justified. your behavior because yes i, gotcha. I saw it when i was a kid and i was like oh i guess the six pack of night is about <laughs> what you're supposed to do um more yes, if you the, don't have a whiskey the connor's famously successful people <laughs> right exactly anyway um so then beer became very you know, kind of kind of fancy, and, and people started talking about their micro-brews and their IPAs and right. everything, and that became very big. And now I sort of feel like we're now well into the decade of, oh, beer snobs. Am I right? Yeah, I don't they're want exhausting. This beer. The, the beer snobs are exhausting. The beer companies, the choices are the exhausting. The taste isn't as good as, like, it's it's not crushable. Like, you just yep. want something that's, like, easy drinking. Exactly, and I, maybe I have fallen for it. I got to say, though, it wasn't advertisements that got me in this case. It was truly just having a White Claw or so that really think. won me over. Um, but why did you choose White Claw? Now, that was probably, yeah, just yeah. straight up brand recognition. Anyway, um, so we have these two guys, and they're at a cookout, and they're going through the cooler um, looking for something to drink. And I th- now I get a little bit confused. Can, you pick it up here. What yeah, happens? so the, the guy who appears to be hosting this party has a, a just an ice chest full of drinks sticking out of the ice, and he offers his friend and guest a beer and then you're going to hear so the the guest uh, who's offered the beer starts picking beers up out of this ice chest and each one is very you know it's a very like micro brew type of thing one of them says lager and it's like very elizabethan it has a picture of queen elizabeth on the front of it so you know it's something very like it's called royal majesty lager royal majesty lager it looks very sort of complicated and as soon as he picks it up uh we cut to uh, an image of that Queen Elizabeth and now she's going to 
make the pitch for her beer. And then the same thing happens three And she's like at the barbecue too, sitting on a throne, yes, right? Yes, but, but she's yeah. like fully elizabeth out right. with the white face and the red hair and the collar and everything. And then he goes to pick another one. It's called Follow the Herd IPA. And it's, <laughs> it looks like it's like, what era does this harken back to? This is like some medieval, medieval villagers yes. or I, I guess maybe shepherds specifically. Right. Follow the Herd IPA. And then we'll see this shepherd with a bunch of sheep appears at the party and he says his piece and the final one I think we got to set all these up because it's yeah, going to happen right. real fast we got Big Finn Super Stout and it's got a picture of an orca on it and then yes. the orca is what talks to him and then in this fantasy he's like underwater talking to an orca and then I'm assuming at the end he decides that he loves beer and he's like, I'll have all three. I'll have all three. They're Just pour it in my mouth. <laughs> pour them all together and make it a beer cocktail. No, of course he doesn't do that. He's done with beer. He's going to go with a, a crisp, refreshing gym uh, and ginger. Take a listen. Hey. Hey. Want a beer? Young man, say aye to the blandest lager in all the kingdom. Shepherd. It's the beer that everyone else is drinking. <laughs> Heavy and full bodied, just like me. What did he say? He says heavy and full bodied, just like me. <laughs> How about a beaming ginger highball instead? Yeah, definitely. Much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, that looked good on ice. They it, clink it in that's some, how they, That's how they do. Mugs, yeah. Can I just take a time out to say that um, Party Guest is like totally my type of dude. He he looks exactly like me. I could see that. Yes, he is. He, he doesn't look totally dissimilar from you. Well, he's a well, he's handsome. He really looks like Rob Delaney. Kind, His main thing is that he looks like Rob Delaney. <laughs> right. I I mean, some of the differences is he has a jaw and a hairline, <laughs> which is, are two things that I'm um, famously missing. Um, <laughs> but, but except for those two things, but, it's, he's like your doppelganger. <laughs> right. Exactly. But if I still uh, if I keep eating at um, feel my glutes Arby's I will be <laughs> <laughs> looking like this guy in no time alright uh, up next we have oh Charles Schwab I think I remember these the guys why don't you take it over sorry sure why don't I not try to just remember what I saw Whether on TV five this. years ago yeah we actually talked about something kind of in this I think this is probably in the same campaign uh, kind of recently we did our whiteboard show yeah and Charles Schwab's kind of kind of pitch is that um, you don't need to work with like a broker uh, or someone who charges like I don't know if it's a lot of fees or if, or what, but like they're trying to make the case that they are um, they they have like this very low fee model um, compared to all of these like more expensive brokers. So so you often have stories where a traditional broker is trying to make the pitch for his for how great his services are to some audience. And in the whiteboard show, it was the couple that he's been working with and they're yes. there to fire him. In this one, it's like bring your broker, broker to work day, I guess. No, bring your broker to school day, bring right? Bring your to school day. And so you have a, a classroom full of what looked like about 11-year-olds and it's career day and the broker's standing up at the front of the, the room kind of talking about his job in a very condescending way when these kids start asking pointed questions. Hi kids, I'm Carl and I'm a broker. Do you offer a 495 on my equity trades? Great question. See, for a full service brokerage like ours, that's tough to do. Schwab does it. Next question. Do you offer a satisfaction guarantee? A what now? A satisfaction guarantee, like Schwab does. What are you teaching these kids? 
Ask your broker if they offer award-winning full service and low costs backed by a satisfaction guarantee. If you don't like their answer, ask again at Schwab. At the very end, we see um, that he is um, going to be followed by... A very hunky fireman. A very hunky fireman who at one point, while this guy is floundering up there, just like looks like bewildered. Like, what's this guy's problem? Yeah. yeah. I am curious, though. I think that the broker asked the right question, which is... What are they teaching those kids? Hey, I mean, they seem precocious. Good for them, right? I guess so. Like, that's a weird lesson, though. The ki- One of the kids is holding up a newspaper ad for Charles Schwab, which is also Probably a weird. charter school. Probably <laughs> a charter school. <laughs> that focuses on finance and firefighting. You know what? That sounds like a real charter school, honestly. I think I remember these commercials. I think there's another one where some. I could be wrong about this. It might be a, a different commercial for a different service in the same industry but like somebody is like they're trying to get the competitors i think they're trying to get charles schwab's billboards taken down or or they're talking to a client and they see the billboards across the street promising things that they can't promise yeah it's very much of a piece with that Mm -hmm. so yeah so it's like have my have our fake and our straw man enemy uh, highlight how great we are. So look who's sneaking into the show sheet once again. It's your girl, Milena Vaintrub. Or is it Milana? I think it's probably Milana. Milana Vaintrub, uh, the AT&T woman. Her name is Lily? Is that who I she think it's plays? Lily. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is an older one. I, I don't think this is running right now. Um, but I like this one because it was it was kind of uh, of our theme. And she is uh she's she's in her AT&T store like in a mall it becomes clearly clear that it's in a mall when four people come in ostensibly customers but for some reason they're all wearing red t-shirts under their jackets and vests and things and they start asking her some questions can i help you Hey, is it true we can get four lines, unlimited talking text, and 10 gigs of data to share for 160 a month? Yep. AT&T's new family pricing. That's 100 bucks cheaper than us. I know. Are you guys with Verizon? What makes you think that? Oh, just her name tag. And uh, I see you guys at the food court every day. Can we go back now? Yeah. Introducing our best ever pricing for families. 10 gigs of data to share, unlimited talk and text, and four lines for $160 else? a month, only from AT&T. Yeah, I just let him do the whole pitch at the end. That's okay. Um, so there's only one other thing I wanted to mention about this. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think it's interesting that they went, they specifically called out a competitor. Yeah. Which is mostly, most of these are like straw man, imaginary, uh, evil competitors, mm-hmm. right? Just like generically evil competitors. This one, they specifically call out Verizon. But I do think it's worth noting that two of the actors, I recognize two of the actors in the Verizon, uh, like, gang that come over. Really? The one who, the woman who you hear um, is, an actr- is an actress named Alan Re- Rachel. Um, she shows up everywhere. Is she in the Geico commercial with the witch? No, that's, I don't think that's her. Okay. But she, there was an ad that I just, for some reason, it always stuck with me because her line delivery really cracked me up where it's like a car ad, I think. And okay. she is talking about how her older parents are like so out of it and they don't like, they don't have an online presence like she does. But then you see her parents are these like with it boomers who are like out there living a real life while she's at home, like clicking like on some Instagram okay. post. And I just remember her looking at a picture of a puppy and going, that's not a puppy. Oh, that doesn't ring a bell to me. I'm looking. I clicked but she's on got her name. so many ads. Um, oh, uh, yeah, the, I clicked on her name. I'm seeing tons of uh, commercials with her. She's from, in from so Pringles many ads. From Pringles to Progressive. Yeah, she must be working constantly. The Alan Rachel story. 
Um, and then the other guy that I recognize doesn't even have any lines, but he uh, he also gets a lot of uh, Steve Berg. He also gets a lot of commercial work, and he was one of the demons in um, uh, the Good what Place. What we do in the show? Oh, the Good Place. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Um, a lot of demon shows. Do you feel like we did? Just, is this an obvious thing? Has everybody already written about this like five years ago? About how like. There's just like so much more like supernatural and good versus evil. Like even what we do in the shadows, which I know isn't really good versus evil, but it's like there've always been shows about the supernatural, but I would say that you're right that there was a rash of shows about sort of like existential questions. Yeah. Uh, right around the time the Good Place came out, there was a show called Miracle Workers that has oh, since yeah. become an anthology show. Yeah, their latest one is um Goes about West. the Oregon Trail. Oregon yeah. Trail, yeah. yeah. Um and I think that I could probably remember the put a the few. God's podcast one. That one was great. I think. I mean, I think that. Oh, God friended me. I have some drops from it. Can we uh, please. Those are those are delightful. <laughs> that show was. How's it all going? You asking me about my podcast? <laughs> yes. Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> this is about a young podcaster oh, who right. whose father, I believe, is a minister, but. But he, the son, is the a, podcaster, is the is world's na- most ham-fisted atheist. Exactly. He has now lost his faith. But then somebody or something that claims to be God friends him on yes. some social And then helps media. him like, solve mysteries or something. Yes. But also, though. He's trying he, to do a podcast. He does have some podcast problems, I think. My podcast is on life support. <laughs> hey, I need new listeners. <laughs> I told you about those those jobs. <laughs> Did you? Is that why? Yeah, because I forget why I watched it, but I watched it. I more I like hate watched it, uh-huh. and I thought those jobs were so hilarious. That it really, really is good. Now, Genevieve, moving on. Guess who's in this next commercial? That's what I'm saying. So I found. I was looking up Alan Rachel, this woman who was in the uh, AT and T espionage commercial we just played, and. I'm sort of clicking around because I suddenly I just get interested in commercial actors and I start thinking yeah. I want to like understand the whole trajectory of their career. Mm-hmm. And so I happen to look at this ad uh, for something called it's very hard to say. It does not trip off the tongue. Santander Bank. It does sound like you're saying a different word with an accent. Right. Something it's something there's something very off about the word Santander. Um, and it's this commercial is called Jack Squat. And in okay. this commercial, uh, we walk up to a woman standing in her driveway. Um, next to her is a sort of beefy looking guy who I'm pretty sure is played by Adrian Martinez, who's a fairly well-known character actor, oh, although okay. he's not credited here. Okay. Um, she and, and her and, and this guy in the purple in the purple sweatshirt are standing in her driveway and he's doing squats like, okay. you know, exercise squats. When Alan Rachel and her other friend walk up and find to, to ask what's going on and what this dude is doing. Hey, so who's your friend? Oh, this is Mr. Squat. Mr. Squat? Jack. So how'd you guys meet? Got him from my bank. You got Jack Squat from your bank? I, you didn't get one? No, I actually got an app from Santander that lets me quickly check my balances Santander. on the go. I just do this. We give you and your money respect. That's right. I must said it. It's it's so hard to remember what Santander. it's Santander. Excuse Santander. Excuse me. Not, yeah. not Santander. Santander. Santander sounds like you're mispronouncing Santana. Well, Santander. Hey, you got that, uh, Santander. Santander. Hey, man. You like to rock? Do you like to rock? Do you put like that, that, that there Santander? Put on that there Santander record. Um, Turn it up. 
Santander, excuse me. Um, but yeah, so uh, you got uh, basically the the bank that is giving you Jack Squat as like the the foil there. I like the idea of Jack Squat, and then at the end he says, "This is all I do." <laughs> That's pretty good. Would you like to check in with the ad council now? Let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Okay, you know what? I want to start our next conversation by playing the progressive Dr. Rick commercial that we played last week that um, launched our conversation about whether or not this one joke makes sense. Again, this is the progressive uh, don't become your parents campaign. This time, a bunch of people, you know, young adults who have become their parents after buying a house are now all in an airport together. Dr. Rick is there to teach them how not to be their parents when flying. The airport can be a real challenge for new homeowners who have become their parents. Okay, everybody, let's do a ticket check. Paper tickets. We're off to a horrible start, but we can overcome it. We're not gonna point out our houses, landmarks, or major highways during takeoff. Don't buy anything. I packed so many delicious snacks. They're- Nope. Did you say ballpark when group two is gonna get boarded? Two hours and 58 minutes. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents. So of course, it's that joke pointing things out uh, from the sky. What was the actual quote there? Pointing out... Um, pointing out your house, landmarks, or major highways during takeoff. Right, exactly. And so uh, we created a poll. When I say we, I will say you. And I noticed that you voted in this poll on Facebook and I I maintain a Facebook account. I am I am eligible and I'm a member of the After These Messages Facebook group. I'm very eligible to vote. I only voted once. Well, could you vote for I don't know, but just for the record, I only voted once. Okay, well, here is how... And we actually, after the show... I'm actually a listener of this show. Had to debate a little bit about the actual wording. I think we decided the most fair way of pointing, uh, uh, of doing this is to I feel that you saying that the pro answer being something everyone enjoys was a little bit thumb on the scale. I don't understand. Okay. It should have been a yes or no. Pointing out your house, landmarks, or major highways during takeoff is... A, something everyone enjoys, or B, becoming like your and parents. And I think it should have been, and I'm not saying it would have changed the outcome, but I think that the fairest way to phrase this question would have been, pointing out your house landmarks or major highways during takeoff is becoming like your parents. True, false. I, I think that's more complicated. I wasn't trying to put my finger on the scale. I just was, the literally the argument I was making in, was, you're adding in the concept something of something that everyone, everyone does. But that's exactly what my argument was. Before it was a poll, that was my argument. It's something that everybody does. It's not something that just parents do. All right. Well, anyway, well, way. already I can tell you're very defensive here. <laughs> I did um, lose the poll. And I am on the website now. You gave me your login and I took away your vote because I felt like that was unfair. <laughs> um, so now the clean results are, Andrew's right. 49 votes for something everyone enjoys and 29 votes for becoming like your parents. I thought we'd get at least 100 votes, by the way. There were some uh, other, like some people created alternative answers as well, which took up some yeah. about 20 more votes, I guess. Something um, I've done since I was a kid and what one should silently do to themselves, which I think what one should do silently to themselves, I should really get those 11 votes. I th- I agree. That wouldn't change it, though, right? That no, would put you I, at 41 Because I think you 49. also would get, hey, I can see my house from here. Which is so four votes. Four. Um, and then 
somebody just said, "Hey, I've only flown once." Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. Was what that to because do with I that. told my whole story about when the first time I flew? I, I don't know what to do with it either. I'm more surprised that three people voted for that. But anyway, <laughs> um, I so okay. Obviously, I was right, which is awesome. Um, but also, and we some, did we did say we would abide by the decision of the ad council. Well, so. what is abide by? How do we live we, our life accordingly? We live. We you do we write a letter to Progressive? I mean, if you want me to like write a letter to Progressive, I will. But I'm just you willing. Will? To, I really? I mean, if, like I don't know what that would serve, yeah. but I will admit that you're right. I see. Uh, here's some of the conversation that happened underneath the poll. Merle says, "This joke jumped out at me immediately as not particularly dad behavior. Not that there's anything wrong with that. That's where I was." <laughs> Meanwhile, Camilla says. Uh, this speaks to me so deeply. I have a couple of friends who literally point and name things that we can all see. And it always feels like they're a teacher pointing things out to a bunch of seven-year-olds on a day trip. Thank you, Camilla. Worst of all, I'm basically the same because in the absence of anything else to say, I patiently respond, wow, yes, I can see. <laughs> Isn't it lovely? Slash interesting. Slash insert adjective here. And then I want to punch myself in the face. It's one thing to turn into your parents. It's another thing entirely to take us all down with you, says Camilla. Uh, Megan says, sometimes I take a seaplane out of Seattle and one of the flight paths goes over the Wallingford neighborhood. I have frequently thought about painting my house a shocking color so I can spot it from the air. We might have been neighbors yeah. when we lived in Wallingford. We weren't far from where those planes take off. And uh, finally, Martha says, I have to admit, I am horrified by the high number of people who voted for something everyone enjoys. Really? Out loud? <laughs> <laughs> so good conversation there. Um, I told you before we started recording that I also wanted to give a public. This is one of those things where it kind of crossed podcasts. Last time we were recording the show, you mentioned Bartels, as in Bartel Drugs here in Seattle. And I said, I think locals just call it Bartel or Bartel Drugs because we have a bunch of things right, like that, right? Like Pike Place Market, not Pike's Place sure. Market. Um, Nordstrom, not Nordstrom's. Um, Boeing, not Boeing's. I don't know. Famously, um, yeah. <laughs> famously. But um, we have there's, – there's others like that as well. But it turns out I've heard from a lot of locals. I, I ended up talking about this on TBTL as well because – I said something about Pike Place Market, and Luke was surprised I got it right, which is a little <laughs> You've lived here for almost 10 years. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, so I brought up the, the Bartel reference there, too, and I said, oh, yeah, I just corrected Genevieve on that yesterday. I got notes from so many, not indignant, but notes from people who were saying, like, you corrected Genevieve? Well, you're wrong, yeah. bub. I, I argued it's with Bartels. you. It's Bartels. Everybody says, they say, I grew up here. It's Bartels. I know, I, and I didn't learn that organically. I learned it, like in some context where it was like a trivia question or mm. something. Oh, really? Uh, I forget where, but it was like specifically called to my attention that it is Bartell drugs, but it is colloquially Bartels. Interesting. Uh, we said last week on the show that we should do an episode at some point that looks at how commercials are, are kind of chopped and diced not yeah. unlike those jimmy's john commercials <laughs> that might have even be, been what started yeah, it that like sometimes you'll have a one minute commercial that works really well but then the 30 second it just loses all of the oomph or what have you somebody sent in an example not that one works better than the other they had seen the 15 second version of this originally and thought it was great then they discovered the 30 second version and liked it even more should i have saved this for that episode in the future maybe but we I, also may never do that we may never do that and there's plenty tomorrow. of plenty of examples exactly but and also I mean, you did almost get hit by a bus 
this is a delightful commercial that I had never seen before. It's for Pringles Scorchin. Have you heard of this? No. So I guess Pringles has a new line. You know, everything's got to be flavor blasted and extreme these days. And so they have some sort of like hot Pringles now. And Mike says, the Pringles Scorchin commercial is my favorite ad running these days. I love the little details. The kid is wearing a button on his shirt that I believe is supposed to, I think it's a button of his girlfriend's face. And the floral teacup the man is drinking from. So let me set this up for you. This commercial has, at first we just see a teenage boy sitting at a table eating these Pringles, right? And then he says something. I'll let the tape play it out. And then we realize he's sitting at the table with somebody else. He's sitting at the table with, I'll just say it, his girlfriend's dad. Okay. For the longest time, Mike says, I thought there was only a 15-second version of this, but today I saw the 30-second version, and it really draws out the awkward silence even more and adds a perfect punchline. Here are the links. So, okay, here's the 15-second version. Again, kid sitting at a table, eating Pringles, and then he says something to his girlfriend's dad. And again, can you see he's wearing this big button with presumably his girlfriend's face on it? Right. Mr. Clark. Your daughter is a very good kisser. And the dad is drinking tea and he just stares When you crave the uncomfortable, (laughs) try Spicy Pringles Scorchin. I have seen that. I forgot that they were called Scorchin. So the dad merely looks at him and glares at him and doesn't say anything. And then it says, when you crave the uncomfortable. Well, Mike is right. Like, I died when I saw the died laughing. I thought that was so funny. And then I clicked on the 30-second version, and they draw out the stare even more. Genevieve, this is so great. Take a listen to this. Mr. Clark. Your daughter is a very good kisser. Is Mrs. Clark a good kisser? (laughs) When you crave the uncomfortable. They just draw out that stare. They just keep going back and forth showing this. And the kid is just, he just looks like innocently eating his chips. But he's also doing a little bit of Manson lamps too. Yeah. You know, he's really holding the eye contact, um, which this is great. And I, it caught me off guard because I've never seen the long version. Uh And I thought for sure the dad was going to get the punchline uh-huh. but nope. I, they doesn't really get a word he doesn't get a word and they really foiled they, they gave me a good surprise with yes. the kid having an even worse question <laughs> is mrs clark a good kisser too anyway that is is that not great that's that's really good uh, i had never seen the long one so that's great thank you thank you mike we also got a post on the facebook page from listener zach who says this ad is so quintessentially 1980s and really fun that i just had to share it i wonder who created and sang this song and if a longer version exists somewhere now at first before i heard the lyrics i thought well there's nothing really to play on the podcast here because there's no voiceover it's all just very 80s visuals of women going about their day often in like kind of 1980s one piece um uh, oh, I didn't even say this is for lean cuisine. Oh, okay. So that just sort of set the tone for you. This is a 1980s. So you're going to see a lot commercial. of hot bods. So it's kind of hot bods, but in that like 1980s, like unitard, like we see them in like some sort of dance aerobics. It's just a leotard. Class. What did I say? Unitard. What's the difference? A leotard um, is just covers you from crotch to shoulder, and a unitard is legs too. 
Oh, so like an old timey wrestler guy would wear a unitard, and these yeah, are I think leotards. So. Yes. Okay, got it's it. the real, but like it picture like the '80s leotard, right? The yeah. very high cut legs, the belt, the leg the warmers. Whole thing. Yes, yeah. and then and then some women in one, which piece. is a great look. Honestly, yeah. that look is solid. And uh, like kind of jumping into pools in a very 1980s uh, bathing suit. And then, of course, like kind of uh, women like kind of in, in like maybe their workwear, like kind of hustling and bustling through the city to get to, to the to their workplace. Um, and everything is drenched in this like kind of soft golden hour. A lot of Vaseline on that lens. Yeah. And, yeah. and this glow. So uh, to, and then it's all happening with this song. Take a listen. It's great. We see two fellas on the beach and they're checking out a couple of these 80s ladies and they're so excited. One of them bites his towel. And then at the end, they're all dancing together, the fellas and the ladies. That's right. The women in that all have the exact same type of like very, very thin, very tall bodies. Very white. I don't think there's any people of color in here. I could be wrong about that. Um, Okay. And so that was great. Thank you for sending that in, Zach. Um, And then finally... On a more somber note, Corinne says, R.I.P. to Jane Withers, a.k.a. Josephine the Plumber. Now, do you know Josephine the Plumber? Yeah, I think I remember her. This is for Comet Cleanser. Yeah. Uh, Way back, I think these are from, I'm going to say the 1970s, maybe going back to the late 1960s, although I don't think so. I'm getting 70s and 80s vibes from these. Um, Corinne says, here she is with future heartthrob Robbie Benson. I meant to look that up. Do you know who Robbie Benson is? I don't know who that is. Would you allow me to do a quick Google uh, on the fly here? Here he's an American um, actor, singer, composer, teacher, and filmmaker. He was a teen idol in the late 1970s, uh, appearing in the sports film One on One, 1977. Ice oh, Castles, Ice Castles, I've heard of. 78. I've seen Ice Pirates. It's um, not that. He uh, also was the voice of Beast in Beauty and the Beast oh. in the 1991 animated um, feature. And also he directed six episodes of Friends. Um, so anyway, uh, Robbie Benson is a child actor in this commercial. And uh, as Corinne says, he's really playing to the back row of this thing. <laughs> uh, Josephine was a fixture of my early childhood, says Corinne. And a good deal a good deal of my childhood I spent parked in front of the tube. So let's um, we watch all? this commercial. This is for Comet Cleanser. Oh, you know what? According to YouTube, this is a 1960s commercial right here. Um, and it's weird. So it's, it's a weird, yeah, long commercial. I guess 60s would be right because he would have been a, an adult... Well, he was born in 56, and he's yeah. prob- probably about 11 in this. Yeah. So, you know, puts you around 67 or something. Um, in this, he is talking to the, the, you know, the character played by uh, Jane Withers, Josephine the Plumber. And Josephine is putting, like, a sandwich board sign 
on the boy, um, and she wants to advertise a new type of comet cleanser. So here, take a listen to this. Come on, Josephine. I can't walk around in that silent. Kids will laugh. But it has a very important message. But it's snotty. You say don't use comet. Oh, read the back. See? Use new super stain removing comet. Oh, something new. You bet. Something much better. New super comet with chlorinol 3. Gets out stains when other leading cleansers can't. Tough boot stains like these. Oh, they're sure greasy. Watch this. I'll sprinkle another leading cleanser and new Super Comet. Let them work a bit. Now you're gonna rub? Right. See? Comet's removing the stain. Yeah, it's gone. But I'm still rubbing the other cleanser. But look, it stopped working. New Super Comet gets out stains one of the leading cleansers can't. Hey, what are you doing? I don't have to wear the sign. Why not? New color's so great, people find out anyway. Yeah. There you go. I think he just wants to get out of work. I think he doesn't want to wear the sign. I don't blame him. Yeah, it's a little humiliating. Well, um, but so she just passed. So well, Jane Withers just passed at age 95. I would like to read a little bit of her obit from the New York Times. Jane Withers, a top child star in the 1930s who played rough, tough, tomboyish brats in more than two dozen B films and achieved a second burst of fame as an adult as Josephine the Plumber in commercials for Comet Cleanser, died Saturday. This is just this past Saturday in Burbank. She was 95. In her first major role in Fox's Bright Eyes, 1934, the eight-year-old Jane played a spoiled rich kid who wanted a machine gun for Christmas and took a ghoulish delight in sending her dolls to the hospital. She was the antidote to the movie's star, Shirley Temple, the always cheerful, always obedient, always smiling orphan. And I think generally speaking, this is the type of character she always played, always kind of like if you had the, if you had the cute Shirley Temple over here, you had the kind of bratty tough kid over there. I mean, it sounds like more like the scary sociopath kid in this instance, but... I like this line. At the end of most of her movies, quote, just to satisfy everybody, I got a good spanking, Mrs. Withers said. The minute they slapped me in bright eyes, everybody just yelled and waved. They were so happy. Well, I don't mind. I had my fun. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being in the theater in 1934 and everybody's whooping and hollering because a kid's getting a good spanking at the end of the movie? It was a different time. It was a different time. Also, do you know that Jane Withers did all of her own stunts? You can sell anything. You can sell anything. I told you it was good ad council content today, huh? It was good. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, very, very good. Please get at us in all the different ways. Let's review. <laughs> we had an email. We had a voicemail. We had a post from... Did we not play the voicemail? Who was our voicemail from? Wait a second. I thought I had a voicemail. I have a voicemail I'm supposed to play. Can I play a voicemail? Is it too late, or should we save it for next week? Where did you put it in the show? Cl- it's not in notes. the show sheet, but it's in my audio thing here. Should I play it now, or do you want to save it? Oh, let's just save it. You want to save it? Okay. Hey, everybody, let's get out of here. Once the You Can Sell Everything music starts, <laughs> I can't go back. I have it in my uh, audio collection, but I forgot to put it on the show sheet, so I just zipped right by it. Okay, everybody, let's review. What do we have? We had an email. We had a Facebook post. We had a Facebook post, and we had a voicemail that we didn't play but because we already played week. the music. Yeah, it's actually a really, really good voicemail. Um, and you can leave us a voicemail as well when you call us at 
607-444-5597. Listen, typing's hard. You know? Yeah. You know what's easier? Just picking up the phone, chatting a little bit. Yeah. You only have to you dial can, 10 can, numbers. And you can do a do-over, too, by the way. If you're like, oh, I'll I'll fumble and bumble my way. Nobody wants anybody to be fumbling no. and bumbling. I edit things. I clean them up. Don't be intimidated by the podcast. Call back. Try as many times as you like. Exactly. Um, if you like typing, as uh, a few of us still do, you can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. Just typing that alone seems like so much work. It is a After long email address. Show, and then you're done. No, you're not done. At gmail. Okay, now. You're done. No.com. <laughs> the modern era must be really hard for you. <laughs> and finally, you can type in HTTPS <laughs> colon slash slash www.facebook.com slash after these messages. I don't even know if that's how Facebook works, but you can go to Facebook and look for the after these messages uh, group there. By the way, we have pretty good SEO on that. Today, I just typed in after these messages. And the word Facebook, I believe, in Google, and we were the first one to... Because, right. you know, after these messages is a common phrase, Yeah. but uh, we were the first one to pop up. Well, that's due to you guys and all of your awesome engagement, exactly. so keep it up. Thanks, we'll, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Puppies, 401ks, Bravos, yuppies. Yeah, I'm talking about wine drinkers, bald head men, clucks, clan swine thinkers. What motivates you? Let's go around.